God bless you. Same to you, woman of God. God bless you. God bless you. Well, blessings, greetings, salutations to everybody. It is a wonderful time to be connected with you today. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. What a wonderful day. What a beautiful day. What a glorious day to be here with you and to represent God and just to be able to show love. We thank and we praise God and also to receive love. Amen. Amen. And so I honor God today. I honor him today. I honor Apostle Willie Talbert. Amen. Great man of God. I honor our lead pastor, Pastor Stephen Talbert. I honor all of our pastors of Yes Lord Ministries, um, the associate pastors. I honor all of our associate ministers. I honor those of you that are connected with us, uh, that are part of our family, that uh, connect with us from week to week. Those of you that may be visiting for the first time, I honor you today. I honor all of God's precious people. I honor all of the laborers. I honor those of you who may not even know the Lord right now, but you, you want a better way. And so prayerfully, the Lord will use me to introduce you to that better way. After all, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Isn't it about connecting with and receiving and accepting Jesus Christ as Lord? making sure we establish that right relationship with God. That's really what it's all about. Um, not here to entertain, not here to stroke anyone's ego, but simply here to share what the Lord has given me to share. It is a wonderful time to be part of the body of Christ and to represent God. It is also a very challenging time to um, be who we are and to do what we do. But we know God got us. And that's the most important thing. And so we think and we praise the Lord. This is a special day. But guess what? I feel like every day is a special day to be celebrated. And so I want to uh, thank and praise God. I've already put in the chat uh, my greetings and my salutations to everyone. And so it is an awesome time to get into the word of God. So let's do that because we don't have a whole lot of time and I don't intend to be before you long. Let's go to the word of God and see what God will say to us today. Psalm 127. Psalm 127. We want you to get Psalm 127, regardless to what version or translation you have it in, um, it is still the word of God. Psalm 127, and we want you to take a look at what Psalm 127 says. Amen. And so we're going to read from the Amplified. You know, I've got more than one version, and I always try to stay balanced with the King James Version, um, of whatever version I'm using. Amen. And so it's all right. It's all good. And so we're going to read from the King James Version, even though I've got other versions. Let's read from the King James Version today. And we'll also deal with some other translations as we move on into the message today. Let's read. Accept the Lord, build a house. They labor in vain that build it. 
Except the Lord keep the city, the watchmen wicked but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. This is the word of God. I've read for you the entire 127th Psalm, and God's word is already blessed. I want to talk to you from um, our series, Building a Strong Family Structure, uh, Building a Strong Family Structure series, but my subject is a strong foundation, a strong foundation. And so I want you to agree with me on several things. First of all, that God himself will be pleased, honored, and glorified as a result of the word that shall come forth, that you, the people, will be encouraged, reminded, empowered, and edified, and that the devil will be disappointed and horrified. Now, can you lift your hands and say with me, Lord, as your servant has decreed and declared, let it be so in Jesus' name. Now, come on, let's give God some glory. Now, I don't care where you're at, regardless to where, whether you're in your living room, whether uh, you're in your kitchen, regardless to where you're at, let's give God some glory and give him praise. I don't know about you, but I appreciate the presence of the Lord in my home, in my house. I appreciate when God shows up. I don't have to wait until I get into a church building, um, into the church sanctuary, into the edifice. My living room can be the sanctuary. My kitchen can be the sanctuary. Wherever God wants to show up, I want him to know that God can show up anywhere. And I appreciate him. And so we think and we praise God, a strong foundation coming from the series of building a strong family structure, building a strong family structure series. And I want to talk to you about a strong foundation. Listen, we know um, what's going on today. And we know that uh, we're moving right along and we're doing things, you know, just kind of doing what we want to do and trying to do life as usual. There is no such thing as life as usual. I, I just want to make you aware of that. Um, but it's nothing to be afraid about because God's got this. And that's what we need to remember. And so let's understand. First of all, understand what a foundation is in the natural. And we're going to deal with the spiritual foundation. But I want you to keep in your mind and just picture in your mind a foundation in the natural sense. It's a part of a structural system that supports and anchors the superstructure of a building. And, and something I found out, because see, I'm not in construction, to prevent damage from repeated freeze-thaw cycles, the bottom of the foundation must be below the frost line. So those of you that um, are in construction, those of you that have done construction, I know Pastor Vondell is probably aware of it, He's my go-to when I want to know anything about um, construction and different things like that because he's experienced in that area. 
as well as maybe some of the other um, people that are part of YLM. And so as we look at this subject matter that we're dealing with, and we're going to get into some stuff, y'all, so y'all can get ready. Y'all know me, don't you? Get ready. The scripture is, is so, so crucial. Now, I love this scripture. Those of you who have heard me, you've heard me recite it several times, especially that first uh, verse of Psalm 127. But it means so much more. One thing about God's word, God's word is plentiful. It's powerful. It's effective. And it can do what it's supposed to do in so many different areas. And that's something I want you all to keep in mind, uh, making sure that we never take scripture out of context, but that it's always applied in the right text. And so the word house in this passage of scripture, believe it or not, is referring to family. Isn't that awesome? Now, I, I like using that, that first verse when I'm talking about God's house. Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. And we want to get into why it is that that verse of scripture is there. It's to remind us that our total dependence must be on God. And so understand this. I want you to hear what the message of translation says of Psalm 127, a pilgrim song of Solomon. If God doesn't build a house, the builders only build shacks. If God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well take a nap. It's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? Don't you see that children are God's best gift, the fruit of the womb, his generous legacy? Like a warrior's fistful of arrows are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are you parents with your quivers full of them. Your enemies don't stand a chance against you. You'll sweep them right off your doorstep. Don't you love that? I love that translation because <laughs> it gets right to the heart of the matter. It gets right to the point. And so when you look at the word house in the scripture, it's traced back to its root. You will find that the, the parent will build one of three kinds of family houses. A dungeon house, a winter house, or a temple house. A house that is always in bondage, that's the dungeon house. A house that is financially secure but cold, that's the winter house. And without the warmth of love. Or a house that is full of joy and happiness. So your family is your fortune. Understand this. Listen, regardless to what your family makeup is, whether it's mom, dad, children, whether it's mom and children, dad and children, yeah, we got some of those. Whether it's husband and wife, no children, regardless to what your family structure is life, it is like rather, your family is your fortune. So we're not going to try to lock it in and put it in cement as to, okay, this is what a family is supposed to look like. Your family looks like what it's supposed to look like. Develop it and keep it. Don't lose it. And when we're dealing with the biblical, the biblical significance of family, understand and remember something. God established family. Remember back in the book of Genesis? Oh, you go there when you get some time. In the book of Genesis, 
God created Adam, didn't he? But he didn't leave Adam alone. Then he created Eve. But guess what? We won't go into all of the other stuff that happened. Fast forward and you'll find that he allowed them to be fruitful and produce children or have children. And so we won't get into all of the details as to how that happens. That's another lesson. I, I need to deal with what I'm dealing with right now today. But you'll find that God is the one that first established family. And he established it to look like what he wanted it to look like. Now, we know life happens. We know things happen. And we understand and we realize sometimes there's a single parent family. Um, there's a parent, one parent with the children. We know that. We know that stuff happens. But here's what I want to get to and I want you to understand. Regardless to what your family makeup looks like, you need God in the house. Oh, can I say that? I like that. I need to jot that down and preach that another time. God need to be in the house. He need to be in there. He needs to be in the family. He needs to be part of the family. You need to make sure that you never leave God out. And so we know that the biblical, the biblical uh, uh, example of family begins with marriage. We know that, but we realize and we understand that not everyone is going to get married. Not everyone is married. And we know that if you look, you'll find that Ecclesiastes tells us that if there's a hole in the hedge, the serpent breaks through. What am I talking about? There needs to be a hedge of protection for the family. God is that spiritual hedge of protection. Now, in our home, my husband, the man of God, the head of the house, was that natural protection. He was the hedge of protection for our family. Now, those of you um, ladies who may not be married, you have to be that natural hedge of protection for the family, making sure you always include God and always allow God to be part of it. What's my point? There needs to be a hedge of protection. There needs to be a hedge of protection because what you need to understand is that the enemy is on assignment to destroy the family. Oh, I know somebody knew by now his mission and he's becoming very effective in the laws that are being passed and in the way world and society now looks at what family looks like. But his goal has always been, has always been to destroy it, to destroy the family, to destroy. Um, how many times have you seen situations where um, there's no um, husband, no father in the house, um, or there's no mother? Can I say this too? You know, a lot of times, you know, people are honoring mothers and, and we say, you know, happy Mother's Day and all of that kind of thing. To, um, to, I say it to all women, even if I don't know whether or not they have natural biological children. Why? Because they have functioned in that role to somebody. We all have functioned in that role to someone, whether or not we've given birth biologically. And so as a result of that, 
You need to understand that God has an order. I'm talking about a strong foundation. God has an order. Proverbs 11, 29 says this, says he that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind. What is it saying? He that mismanages his house shall inherit nothing. You will not be successful if you don't manage your own home properly. I'm talking to you parents out there. Any parents out there? We've got to start. Listen, when our children are small, that's when they need to see the right examples. Boo, you can't just do you. You got to remember you got children. You have a child. Whether you're married or single, you had the child. Now you need to own up and be responsible and realize it's not about just you anymore. I hear so many people saying, well, I got to do me. I need some time for me, babe, boo. You should have thought about that. Here's the deal. Do things right. Let that child, let the children see the right example. Let them see that you ain't bringing just anybody up in there. To be over them, to mess with them, to mess them up, to show them the wrong example. Then later on years, after they become older or they get to the place to where they can really make some decisions of their own, then you upset because they ain't doing right. Did they see the right example? Do they know what right looks like? We've got to show them the way. And so the man that disturbs or afflicts or stirs and, and it's not, this is not gender specific. The person that disturbs or afflicts, let me say it that way, and stirs up, mismanages their own family, will inherit the breath of God's anger. Now, Proverbs 24 teaches us that before you jump into a marriage, those of you that want to get married, hear me out. Those of you that are already married, <laughs> I'm not telling you to leave your marriage. Now we realize that there are times stuff happens and then I won't tell you to stay in it either. But God does not like divorce. However, God knows that things happen. How about this? You shouldn't have been in it anyway. That wasn't the one. Oh, I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta tell you something here because there's a lot of people they want to be married. Can I tell you something, boo? Marriage is hard. Did I, did I just say that? It's hard. It's work. Depending on who you're married to, it can be easier or harder. Depending on who you're married to. And so Proverbs 24 teaches us that before you jump into it, plan carefully. Because God is very serious about family. He's very serious about family. Then here's the thing. There are many uh, experts who say this. They say that the biggest reason many marriages and homes fail is because too many inexperienced people are getting into it. Well, newsflash, if you've never been married before, you have no experience. I was totally inexperienced when I first got married. Why? I had never been married before. Now, almost 46 years later, I've got tons of experience. But when I first got married, I had none. So, of course, inexperienced people are getting into marriage because those that have never been married. Now, if you are a serial uh, uh, married, 
marrying person, or I should say, if you like to keep divorcing and remarrying, divorcing and remarrying, boo, look at the common denominator. <laughs> and so listen, marriages start out sweet, some of them, but soon they sour. Some of them don't start out sweet. Sometimes right the day after you realize, oops, I made a mistake. They begin in courtship, but end up in the courthouse. It used to be a home or a family that prays together, stays together. But remember this, remember something. Every family tree has some sap in it. And every once in a while, there's a crop failure. <laughs> and so as we, we look and we get into this message, Matthew 12 tells, says this. And also Luke says it, Matthew 12, 25, and also Luke 11 and 17, 18 teaches that the ruin of a household or a family starts with division. And so we've already heard it. We've seen the scripture, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation or every house divided against itself shall not stand. Y'all have heard that before. Where there is division, there is ruin and desolation. Where there is division, there's disruption. Inner division oftentimes is the root of family problems. So let me say this. In order for there to be a strong family structure, a strong foundation, the foundation must be solid. It must be right and it must be strong. It cannot be unstructurally. I don't know if that's a word or not, but uh, Mamie Talbot just made a word unstructurally sound. Too many people marrying the wrong people for the wrong reason. Too many people hooking up with the wrong people for the wrong reason. Baby, your flesh is not enough reason for you to get married. Your flesh is not enough reason for you to be jumping in and out of bed. You cannot connect with just anybody. And can I tell you this? Anointed people, hear me. There is a call on your life. There is an assignment that God has for you. There is a purpose, a plan, and a destiny for your life. It's going to take a special person to be the right person. The anointing on your life is too precious. Listen, plans have been thwarted. Goals have never been reached. Lives have been destroyed. All because of hooking up with the wrong person. Everybody is not assigned to um to protect and to um how how would you say to guard the anointing on your life? Can I tell you when you marry the right person, men? When you marry the right woman, oh my gosh, she'll pray for you even when she's upset with you. I'm not talking about bad, that bad, bad stuff will happen to you. She'll pray for the Lord to work it out. She'll pray for God to protect you. Even when she don't feel like she like you. Even when you've had a disagreement. When you marry the right person. Now, when you marry the wrong person, manipulation, control. Should I go on? All kinds of stuff happens. Infidelity. All kinds of stuff. You looking around and you think you got the right one. I, I had a... A young man say to me one time, said, I, I, you know, I, 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 I thought that if I married somebody in the church, because I was in the church, that things would work out. 
said, but they, they just as bad as the ones outside of the church. Now, that's not a good look. That's not a good thing to, 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 for anybody to be able to say. Women, if you marry the wrong dude, can I help you? If you marry the wrong one, you will not have that hedge of protection, that natural hedge of protection. You will not have someone that will nurture you, that will, will treasure you, that will treat you like the queen you are. You will not have someone that will look out for your best interests. Too many folk marrying people who love themselves more than they can love anybody else. We need to marry the right person. Well, thank God I know I did. There are, there are some people with the wrong person right now. Right now. Because you allowed your emotions to make the decision for you. You allowed your flesh to make the decision for you. You allowed somebody who was talking to you, who was giving you advice to make the decision for you. Can I tell you something? Your family structure will not be on a solid foundation. It will affect your future when you make the wrong decision and connect to the wrong person. It will affect your destiny. It will affect your purpose. It will affect your assignment. Help us, Lord. It will affect everything. Listen, if you wanted to be happy, it will affect whether or not you ever even experience happiness. And then you'll, you'll see people, I remember I was talking to someone and I, I said, well, congratulations. And then I saw them years later and I said, God bless you, how are things going? And they just looked at me and shook their head. And they said, I'm not happy. I said, well, you know, com communication is important. You know, I'm giving my, you know, advice. You got to communicate, da, 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 da. you know, running it down and have you talked, da, da, da. And yes, I've tried talking and I'm not happy. It takes two people to make it right. I know this is not marriage 101, but it takes two working together. Men, you can't do it by yourself. Women, you can't do it by yourself. It takes both of you. Husbands and wives working together, communicating. You might marry somebody who doesn't like to communicate. Boo, you got to get delivered. You can't shut everything in and hold it in and shut down. Now you're married. You're not by yourself no more. If you wanted to do that, you should have stayed by yourself. Now you got to communicate. Now you got to, I, I learned a whole lot in my almost 46 years of marriage. I, one of the things I learned, I can't always get my way all the time. Ladies, no matter how much I bat my eyelashes, no matter how beautiful he thinks I am, I can't always get my way all the time. And can I say this? Even though I love getting my way, I had to get delivered and realize and understand it's okay if you don't get your way all the time. As long as he loves me, he protects me, he's faithful to me, he looks out for me, he provides for me, he takes care of me. That's what you want. And guess what? June 26 will be 46 years. And we still like each other. We still make each other laugh. 
We still act silly with each other and have fun with each other. Now, was it always like that? It took work to get there. Can I help you? It took work to get there. Understand, you've got two totally different personalities coming together. Two different people. <laughs> and the scripture said we're supposed to become one. Help us, Jesus. We're we supposed to become one. It don't mean it's just going to be a perfect fit just like that. You got to do some work to become one. Sometimes some trimming got to be done. Some purging got to be done. Some cut. Not, no, not, not you cutting. I'm talking about the Lord doing it. There are some things. Okay, listen. That about teaching in the home. There's something. There is something about that. There, there's something special, something important about that. You know, I learned from the Jewish religion that the school, the home, and the temple, the church, all reinforce each other in their teachings. We need that. It starts at home. Listen, precious people, it would not be right for me to have sent my children to school looking for the teachers looking for those that were dealing with them from day to day in school to do what I was supposed to have done at home. By the time they get to school, they ought to have some values. There's, there ought to be some discipline that had been taught. Um, respect, honor, communication, encouraging the pursuit of education in the first place. Thinking. You got to allow your children to think. I, I grew up in an era, listen, everybody didn't have a praying mama. Everybody didn't have a praying daddy. And so I grew up in an era where children were to be seen and not heard. Not only that, your opinions didn't matter. Listen, your opinions didn't matter. Not only that, but if you act like you was thinking for yourself, it was almost like disrespect to them, to your parents. And it was like, Say what now? I, I can't think. I what? No, you're supposed to encourage them to think. They ought to be able to think because there's going to come a time they're going to have to make decisions for themselves. They can't rely on you all the time. Parents, there comes a time when we got to cut the apron strings. Our children need to be out there on their own making right decisions, but they have to be taught by us first, because it has to grow up in them. We've got to lead by example. Remember earlier, I said, show them the right way so they'll know the right way. Listen, regardless of what decision they make after they get grown, at least they've seen it. They've seen the right way. Demonstrate the right example. And then here's something else. You know, I thought this was interesting when the Lord um, shared this with me as I was preparing. God said, we ought to have exposed our children, and we did, to culture, arts, the theater. What's wrong with that? We ought to expose them to what the finer things look like. Regardless to whether we can afford it or not, there's a way we can expose them to it and do it in the right way. So that way, it won't be like, like culture shock when they're at a formal dinner. 
They don't know which fork, where the fork go. Why are there two forks and then one at the, what, why, what's that spoon over there for? They need to know what a, a proper, a formal table setting looks like before they get out there at the place. And they're sitting there looking, not knowing which fork to pick up. Anybody ever been there? <laughs> I know some of us still don't know. And so the scripture says in the book of Exodus, children, I've dealt with the parents, uh, offspring, even adult children, honor thy father and thy mother. Exodus 20 and 12 deals with that. And then Ephesians 2 says this, honor your father and mother. And then it says something. I noticed something, precious people. It says in Ephesians 6 and 2, which is the first commandment with promise. And I said, hmm, that thing jumped out at me. First commandment with promise. So I went back to when the first the 10 commandments were first instituted. And I looked at Exodus. And I looked at Deuteronomy. And as I'm looking at Exodus and Deuteronomy, I see honor thy father and thy mother. Guess what the promise is? That thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. In other words, if you honor your parents, your days are going to be long. I know, I know some of them wasn't the best parents. There are no perfect parents, just like there are no perfect children. There are no perfect parents. They're good parents, but not perfect. I had a good mom and dad, but they weren't perfect. They loved us. They did the best that they could for us. They did the best that they knew. It was what was taught to them. And so coming up, I, in my mind, had already decided if I ever have children, I'm not going to do this. Now, this is good. The, 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 the right kind of foundation, the, the, the principles, I can't say biblical principles because my parents weren't saved at that time. My mom got saved later. My dad accepted the Lord before he left here. And so I grew up, though, with values, moral values. I knew what kind of young lady I was supposed to be because I was taught that. I was taught that. I was taught it wasn't all right to do certain things as a young lady. I was taught that. And so... As a result, even during the chastisement and the punishments and all of that kind of thing, even though I didn't agree with a whole lot of stuff, as I look back, I realized the importance of honoring my parents. And as I became an adult, I continued to honor. As a matter of fact, I did a better job honoring them as an adult than I did growing up. And so my mom is still with us today. I honor, my, even though I'm her apostle, I'm her leader, but I honor my mom. Why? Because she's my mom. And because scripture says that the days may be long upon the land which the Lord. In other words, I live long when I honor my parents. My dad's no longer here. I still honor his memory. My days will be long. I can't tell you how many people I believe left this world before their time because they were disrespectful to their parents. Matthew 15 and four says, honor your father and your mother and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. So Psalm 127, and I, I, I hurry as I get ready to close. 
is a family psalm. It's a psalm uh, that was given to Solomon and dedicated. I should say Solomon wrote this psalm and, and dedicated to him by his father, or David wrote it and dedicated this to, to Solomon. Having a house. Why? Because he had a house to build. That's, that's the family. Seed to raise up. And so David directed Solomon to look to God, to depend on God for providence, for wisdom, for care, for industry. In other words, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Understand, we've got to depend on God for everything. He is our foundation. He is our rock. If we don't acknowledge God, our best laid plans will fail. But when we honor and acknowledge God, our best plans, even sometimes plans that were not as good, will bring us to success. So God is teaching us, honor, honor our parental structure. And not only that, but learn what you can so that you can build the right family structure when you're out on your own. And so I believe that I've been a good mom, not a perfect mom, but I learned from some things that my parents did that maybe shouldn't have been done. And I didn't do that with my children, but we were stern. We taught them the word of God. We gave correction and instruction. We chastised when we needed to. There were punishments, different things that we were supposed to do. Why? Because scripture teaches us that we have to do these things if we love our children. And truly, y'all know how I feel about my babies. And here's the thing. We've got to understand that this also translates into our relationship with God the Father. Our relationship, a lot of times we can look at the way we are with God and compare it with the way we are with the, come on, the, in the natural relationships. Y'all know it's so. Y'all know it's so. We try to treat God like we try to treat the, the natural relationships. But we got to understand and realize you can't do it. So we've got to make sure the foundation is strong. In Matthew 7, and I, I don't have time to go there, 24 through 27, there's a parable about two builders. Y'all know the scripture. Y'all know, know what it's about. And so understand this. Where, what's in your foundation? What is in that foundation? Except the Lord built a house. You understand and you realize that in that parable about the two structures, the structure that was built on the solid rock, no matter what came, the floodwaters, um, the winds, the rains, the storms, it was able to stand. But the house that was not built on a solid foundation collapsed. And so that's what we've got to understand. Second Timothy 2 and 19 says this, nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands sure. And listen to this, sealed with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his. Understand, faith has got to be in our foundation. Faith. Trust, hope, belief has to be in our foundation. Jesus is our rock. God the Father is our rock. 
And we've got to understand and realize that that is the firm foundation. That is the solid foundation. Deuteronomy 32 says, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. How glorious is our God. He is our rock. He's the rock. His deeds are perfect. And so we need to understand and realize that the right thing has to be in the foundation in order to make that foundation structurally secure. And remember this as I close, demonstration is more powerful than words. Why? Because action gives meaning to your words. It creates results and has the power to influence more. I pray that you have been blessed a solid foundation. We want to make sure that our foundation is solid and is secure in God. That's where the, the foundation is going to be secure and strong in God and in his word. His word, the word of God has to be in the foundation. Listen, I'm getting ready to close out. There may be someone out there that wants to get to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you're out there and you know you need to receive and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we're going to pray with you right now. If you're out there and you need a church home, trust me when I tell you. Yes, Lord, Ministries is a good church. You can realize and see the purpose, plan, and destiny that God has for your life fulfilled and really come to fruition. In other words, be realized. You will see it in your lifetime. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now. We thank you for those out there that may not know you. And God, we thank you for those that want to receive you in their life. Thank you for those that need a church home. And we're going to ask that those of you who want to receive and accept Jesus Christ, if you will repeat with me right now, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I repent of my sins and I thank you for forgiving me. God, I thank you that your word says that if I believe in my heart, if I, if I confess with my mouth that you died for my sins, that you rose again, that right now I am saved. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And Lord, I thank you now that those that have repeated that, those that have received you, Lord, that from this day forward, they will go forth in a newness like never before. And I thank you now for helping us continue to check our structure and to make sure our foundation is strong. Thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Listen, next steps for those of you that have received and accepted Jesus Christ, those of you that have decided you want to become part of Yes Lord Ministries, connect with us so that we can take you through next steps. Love you. Stay blessed and refreshed in the Lord. Complete Deliverance, Finding and Keeping Total Victory for Your Life by Apostle Willie Talbert. Learn how to get delivered and stay delivered. God's Word shows us how to live in total victory. Live each day as a believer who is experiencing total victory and walking in complete deliverance. Get your copy today on Amazon.com. Changing of the Guards, Understanding Who Rules You by Dr. Mamie S. Talbert. Wake up and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Learn to pray until a change has taken place in the spiritual realm. Don't allow the wrong kinds of thoughts to thrive. 
Get your copy today on Amazon.com. Partner with YLM financially using the following methods. Text giving. Text GIVE to 1-844-948-3895. GiveLify. Search for Yes Lord Ministries in Kenilworth, New Jersey. Our website. Visit www.ylmconnect.org and click Donate. Cash App. Dollar sign Yes Lord M. Mail checks or money orders to Yes Lord Ministries, P.O. Box 425, Union, New Jersey, 07083. You're invited to our Sunday morning virtual worship experience at 8.30 a.m. Every Sunday night at 6.30 p.m., join us for our Sunday night Ignite service. Every Wednesday morning from 5.30 a.m. to 5.45 a.m., join us for corporate prayer. Our call-in number is 716-427-1096 and the access code is 172268-POUND. Every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m., join us for Spread the Bread Bible Study as we dive into the Word of God. Subscribe to our podcast, YLM Sermon of the Week, on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. On behalf of Apostle Willie Talbert, Dr. Mamie S. Talbert, and the Yes Lord Ministries Church family, thank you for joining us and welcome home.